Hello, I'm Sarah Ruffi, the Woman Warrior Lawyer, and today it's my privilege and honor to interview an amazing young woman, Alexia Pfeiffer. Can you introduce yourself just briefly? Yeah. Hi, I'm Alexia Pfeiffer. I'm a senior at Mosley High School, and I just published my first children's book. And that is what caught my attention about you. So... Tell me a little bit about your book, which is Albert the Frog. <laughs> so Albert the Frog is a representation of my life. When I was a young girl, I actually had a speech and reading disability, and it put me behind on my comprehension and my reading skills, and I had to be put into a speech program. And the frog struggles with the same thing. He has a swollen croaker. And he has to go through struggles in order to break that um, that reading and speech, or his swollen croaker. And so then it just shows all the successes that he's achieves later on. So I understand that what made you decide to write a children's book? I wrote a children's book to help like students want to read and be can relate to a story and to be inspired by overcoming their these obstacles that I overcame. And how old were you when you were diagnosed with a speech impediment? I was around eight years old. And was was your speech impediment due to something physical with either your throat, your voice box? Yes, it was a medical condition. Okay. I um, had fluid built up in my ears, and then I had tonsillitis. And so it, I just was lacking that reading and comprehension because I couldn't he hear sounds and vowels right. Well, and hearing is a big part of learning how to speak. speak yep. Right? Yep. So what steps... What did you have to go through for your struggle and your parents figuring out what was going on as to your speech issue and the challenges you encountered dealing with that? In school, I was actually told that I was really dumb from my other kids, other kids in my class and how I was never going to be smart like them. And so that kind of put a toll on me and having less confidence in my speaking and reading. And so I wouldn't be able, to, I wouldn't speak in front of the class at all. I wouldn't go up in the class or go up in front of the class. I wouldn't like, I never wanted to read in front of my teacher when it was like one-on-one -on -one reading. And another area was my household. I had to go to my mom's house more often just because it was more convenient for that situation because I was able to get other that area more done and helped on as well okay so how old were you or at what point you said you were diagnosed when you were eight and I'm assuming that that's something that had started maybe in kindergarten or first grade when you were first learning how to read, or did it really just materialize when you were eight? How long did it take 
between the the there's an issue something's going on and finally having your aha moment that I'm not crazy <laughs> there is something a medical explanation as to why this isn't working it was kind of just built like building on reading one-on-one with the teacher because I was just behind and then I mean one reading session and if you miss a couple words that's fine but like if once it keeps going and going and there's a pattern then they found saw that pattern and they recognized that I was behind from the other students and were you relieved when somebody finally figured out why you you were having a hard time reading I really don't remember that as okay. well. I mean, probably, but I, w- I was also scared to probably go into the program because I knew that I was, felt I felt that I was not as smart and capable as the other kids in my class. What program did you have to go into? The speech and reading program oh, okay. through my school. And did you have to have any type of medical procedures to help your hearing or you just learned through other methods to get caught up on your reading i just had my tonsillitis taken out so that surgery and that helped a lot and then also medication and if i had to venture a guess it's my understanding that you are no longer considered the lowest or the dumbest kid in the class would that be right that is right (laughs) you proved him wrong oh yeah i actually this Last, so my junior year in high school, I took an AP class in English. Oh, funny and, how that works, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And the first semester was really rough. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I would my papers weren't as great as like other kids were. And then once I figured out how everyone else was doing it and learning the concept. I was able to pre- pick it up, and I actually was able to do really well my second semester and be able to and just show myself that I could do it. Despite the lockdown. Yeah. And then now this year I took another AP English class, and I'm doing really well in that class, and I'm really happy and excited. That is so cool. Do you think, and granted, you were young when it when it materialized and the solution or the problem was discovered that here's the medical reason why you're falling behind. Let's get you in the program. Let's get you up to speed. But do you think those kids calling you dumb or however mean they were, because kids can be really mean. Do you think that just gave you a little additional drive or I'm going to show you kind of an attitude as you got older? Yeah, especially in high school, I've I I still talk differently from people if I'm nervous or if I'm not as confident, and so they would say, "Oh, you're not, you're so dumb, Lexi," or "You're not gonna be smart." Well, that actually pushed me to like, "Oh, I'm gonna show them off." So I took AP courses to just prove to them and myself that I can do it and be just as smart as the rest of them. So have you done any reading or self-help, listen to videos or anything that help you say, I don't care what you people say about me. I'm going to use that as my 
match to prove you wrong. It's like, okay, game on. Or did that just come from you, from inside you? Um, it came inside me once I, I got a really good, um, grade on a paper and my teacher also told me how my work in writing has been improving in the last like couple of months that I've been with her and it really actually set something in my mind like it turned a notch and I was so driven to like do really well in my AP exam and my AP courses that I was taking so just to prove them that I can be as smart. But it's kind of amazing what happens in your brain when even one person that isn't one of your loved ones believes in you and tells you that you're doing a good job and you can do it, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. So about your book, how long did it take you to write it? It Honestly, I, I didn't really have an idea. I was trying to think of how – what. I wanted the book to be like how I wanted it to write out as and it on something clicked in my mind at like three o'clock in the morning <laughs> and I wrote it that night so you woke up in the middle of the night just came start up with this is what I want yeah <laughs> and wrote it start to finish yeah it was just I had the idea I was like I can't stop now. And so I was like up until like six o'clock and I was like, oh, well, already. <laughs> and before that aha moment in the middle of the night, had you already decided that the book was going to be about a frog? No, I had no idea. You, Your <laughs> only idea was I'm going to write a book. Yeah. And it's going to be designed to help kids overcome any struggle that any they... struggle that they have and that they have have it inside of them to do to succeed yeah it, yeah and I wanted it based off of my story so but I didn't know it was, was going to be about a frog I didn't know like anything really anything I was just like oh well <laughs> there we go so did you have a dream that the idea popped in well I couldn't sleep that night actually it was kind of I was like why can't I sleep and then all of a sudden, I was like, Albert the Frog. Oh, oh, yeah. And then I had the idea. <laughs> and that was last year when you were a junior in high school? No, that's or... was this year when I wrote the book. Oh, I was thinking you wrote it while you were a junior. No. Oh, okay. So that's very interesting. Because how long did it take you from the time that you woke up or couldn't sleep and started writing at 3 o'clock in the morning. And you found somebody on Fiverr to design to do the illustrations for you. So how long did it take you then to actually publish your first copy? It took about a month or two to actually be published. And I know that you happened to, you decided that you wanted to start your filling philanthropy at a young age and give back to the community. Tell me about the foundation that you started. So the foundation, all the proceeds go towards my foundation that I created. And what's the name of your foundation? Um, the Difference is You, and it's a scholarship program for students with 
speech and reading disabilities, and um, anybody or any senior from Marathon County can apply. And in fact, you're handing out two scholarships the, this year, or giving them out since you can't do it in person. Yeah, I actually was able to read these applicants, um, and I actually w did pick out two applicants this year. So that was really exciting, and now they're going to be announced that they have received a scholarship from me. And they're, they're seniors in Marathon County? Yes. And is a scholarship for them to then go on to any type of yeah. secondary education, whether it's a technical college or a university? Correct. And so how did you come up with the idea of, like, as a senior in high school, I want to create this foundation to give scholarships to people like me. Um, so due, due to COVID, I wasn't, it was kind of hard to like do all their volunteering and I wanted to do something for the community and I'm a senior in high school, in the, well, at Mosinee High School and I just thought about, well, why don't I do a scholarship program and then I, well, I didn't know how to do that as well or what to do for that. And I knew I had to raise money for it, and I knew that it's gonna. I have to do it through someone. So I, we've met with some ladies from the community foundation, and they were able to set it up. And I was able to raise money from my book, and it just all happened. <laughs> and how many? Well. How did you get the word out that the scholarship was available? I got the word out through my book. I've been going to book signings. I've been talking about it to like people at restaurants. I have been um, also putting it on my Facebook page and announcing that I did. I wrote the book and I did the foundation. So how can people get a copy of your book? They can get a copy through Amazon. You could either get a paperback or a Kindle version. And can people just donate to your foundation rather than buying just limiting to the books? Yes, they can. And that's the Community Foundation of North Central Wisconsin? Correct. Is there something on your website or your Facebook page? Actually, do you have a website? Uh, or just the Facebook? I just have the Facebook. Okay. So is there any type of a link on your Facebook page to that people can get to the foundation from there? Yes. That is just, that's so cool. So the, the scholarships and application process, what is the criteria or what, it, how did you put your application together? Um, so I, they, the applicants have to write an essay about what, about their speech disability and reading disability and about what their life was like. And then there's also a, they need two reference letters and it doesn't matter about the GPA at all. They have to show their activities that they've done in the past four years and basically sums it up. So 
how many people applied for your first scholarships or how many people asked for the the application for your very first set of scholarships there was a lot 11 who were applied for it and they completed the the whole application process only four of them completed it okay was there any type of an interview that went with it or simply based on the application and the essay just simply based on the application how did you decide well i just read through all the people's that all the applications and I I mean it was difficult because I I liked a lot of all of them and I just chose on which one which one just showed really like who was really wanting to get this application or this scholarship and who really worked hard to get through what they overcame so were you looking for people that the the two that went to the top of the pile, if you will. Yeah. Did they resonate with your struggles more than the other ones? Or what was... Well, first off, were you the only one that decided who the winners were going to be? No, it was... I mean, it was me and a couple other people. Like the people from the Community Foundation of North Central Wisconsin and my mom as well. Okay. All right. So, well, I was going to say, are you going to actually go personally award the, do the presentation, but not this year, because <laughs> I know from different organizations that I'm in, while they might be having in-person award ceremonies, the presenters are going to be the teachers or people from the school, nobody from the outside. Yeah. Um, so... Do you have a goal for your foundation? Yeah, I my goal is to raise enough money so it's a lifetime scholarship program, and that is to twenty five thousand. I've already received five thousand my first year, and I've already raised like three thousand for this awesome. next coming year. And I need five thousand for per year, so I've already made like three thousand in the past two months. And how much are your scholarships? that you're handing out they're five hundred dollars each so you're not only did you start a scholarship your goal is to actually have it be an endowment yes. so that the earnings off of that money will then pay for those scholarships correct that's amazing <laughs> so how do you and i know that you've gone and done presentations like the Mosney Chamber, which is how I found out about you. I got an email from the Mosney Chamber of Commerce about this pre breakfast that they were having and this amazing young woman that's going to be doing a presentation about a book she just wrote. For someone who did not like to get up in front of the class and read or even read one-on-one, -on -one, <laughs> how do you like getting up in front of groups talking about Albert the Frog and your experience and your journey? It's been a little bit hard. I'm, I'm not going to lie or sugarcoat it, but it's been really tough because, A, I'm speaking in front of people. B, I'm also talking about my past and sharing what I've went through to random people. but To strangers. The, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but at the same time, I'm doing it for 
other kids, and I'm also trying to do something for these kids to get a better education or to even just feel confident in themselves. So I'm just doing it for the right reason, and I know that. And so when I'm talking to these people about it, I feel like really just amazed and really odd about it. Well, you realize that public speaking is like the big fear of, you know, I think it's in the top three fears. And I give you a lot of credit. But one of the things that you said that really struck me is you're doing it for the right reason and you're doing it to help others. And when you take action and do things to serve those around you, I firmly believe that you end up with that internal power that the fear is just like, you're gone. <laughs> because you're speaking on purpose and you're presenting on purpose. That you're living your purpose, your mission, and the fear is just a pest, a, a little pest on your shoulder and and it gets easier and it gets better. And I, I give you a lot of credit for sharing your story with strangers because think about, have you ever stopped to think about how many people, kids and adults, you're actually helping by being strong enough to share your story? No, I don't. I mean, I could think of it, but. But you haven't. Have no, you? no. And you said before we got started, you had said that you've, and I, I know that when you published your book, it's not in the ideal time to be able to go into schools and read it to kids. Have you read it to grade school kids yet in person? No, but I actually read online to the Marathon Literacy, and I read it to the disabled the disability class to in my high school and I read it through a different website so I mean I've been trying to but what kind of response are you getting when you read it I get told oh this is amazing I really like this book where can I get it and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> this is awesome it is awesome yeah so how many copies have you sold so far if you know uh, I've sold around 175. And did you do a, because you, you self-published, right, on Amazon? I went through KP Publishing. Which is Amazon, right? Yes. Yeah, I did too. And have you bought an author's shipment so yeah. that you bought a bunch of copies and you had Big old box delivered to your house with books in? Yes. <laughs> Tell me the first time you got a box, what did it feel like? When you got your first shipment of books and you opened it up. It was really heavy. First, it was heavy. <laughs> That's true. And um, second, I was like, holy Albert. Like, I just saw frog <laughs> after frog after frog. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> this is for real. Yeah, it's for real. It's and crazy. how many copies did you order your first time? A hundred. So you're on your second shipment. Yes. Almost gone. Yep. You got shipment number three already in the uh, on order or not well, yet? Not yet, but we shouldn't get on it. You should probably get on it. Yeah. But. And have you thought about 
Albert's kind of a cute little character. Have you even thought about like coming up with a stuffed animal frog that can go along with your book? I thought about it and I I don't know. Who knows? Maybe you gotta you gotta take one step at a time, huh? Well, when you say holy Albert, yeah. sounds like Albert came to life for you. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you define success? I define success as pushing through all the goals that you want to achieve and setting goals as well because you always want to push yourself and always want to tackle every single goal in your life. And as a high school senior, what goals do you have, let's say, for the next five years? My goal is to raise enough money for this to be a lifetime, my scholarship program to be a lifetime. I also am planning on being a dermatologist as I grow up. And so my goal is to get through pre-med and then get accepted to a med school that I want. So, and Have you I'm... decided where you're going to go for your undergrad in the fall? Yes, I'm going to UW-Lacrosse. Are you accepted already? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, you seem to be quite a self-starter. How do you motivate yourself? I motivate myself by just looking at my goals, trying to get through every single goal, do my best at everything. Even if I fail, I learn from my failures and I keep going. And have you always known that you wanted to be a dermatologist? I didn't know exactly when I wanted to be a dermatologist. I didn't know exactly that I wanted to be a dermatologist. I, when I was younger, I wanted to be a veterinarian, and then I really liked biology, and then I actually got sunburnt really bad, and I was, like, blistering, and I was, it was terrible, and I was, like... Painful, too. Yeah, and all of a sudden, I was, like, so interested in my skin and taking better care of my skin, and I wanted to, I wanted to help other people with their skin and make their skin better and I was just so interested in dermatology I was like oh well maybe (laughs) maybe that's the path maybe that's the path so and did you ever think that you'd be an author at this age no I never thought I was gonna be an author I didn't even know if I could even write a book because of what happened back when I was younger and now that I wrote this book I feel way more confident in my writing and speaking have you thought about making Albert the Frog a series of books and dealing with struggles, different types of struggles, or overcoming challenges and achieving your goals? I have. I've thought about making a couple more children's books, but I've also considered doing a chapter book. So I think I might lean towards a chapter book for older people, but I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm debating which one I want to do yet. In the chapter book, what do you have in mind or what are you kind of thinking about that? I'm thinking about having three stories. So it'd be like one about one disability and another one about a different disability and another disability. And I was thinking how they overcame theirs. So it'd be actual real life like people. I would interview them, see what their story is and use that. And... Are you looking at targeting, like, 
teens or adults or you haven't I haven't quite got narrowed there that yet. down. Yeah. But have you thought about people who inspire you that have overcome their disabilities that you'd like to interview? There is one girl that I actually am considering asking if I could interview her and I haven't found some another person yet, but yeah. Have you thought about having your mom interview you or having somebody interview you and that you be one of the, you be the first chapter in the book? I was thinking that. Yeah. I was thinking it would be me and then uh, two other people. I love that. Um, So... Tony, are you laughing at me? <laughs> Actually, here's your last question. Okay. That if you could snap your fingers without doing any work, no effort on your part, and change one thing about society today, what would it be? If I could change one thing about society, I would change how people treat each other I want people to be able to feel confident about themselves and not have someone tear them down for how they look, how they act, and how they, what, how they associate in today. I want, other, I want people to be able to be like, hi, how are you, and not be so like, mean towards them. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be really nice. Kind of follow the golden rule. Yes. Or, you know, the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. And I have someone who always talks to me, nope, I follow the platinum rule. Treat others the way they want to be treated. I'm like, well, okay, but you may not know how they want to be treated, but you certainly know how you want to be treated, and that's usually with a little um, compassion, love, and respect. Yeah. And I think I would agree with you that that's something that's sorely missing today and could certainly make a comeback. Yeah, and it definitely puts a toll on your life as well. Like, I mean, I, when I, when people were mean to me, I mean, I lost confidence in myself. I wasn't, I didn't, I just didn't want to, like, talk, right? I didn't want to be around people. I mean, it just, and then it, it kind of just affects you later on, too. Oh, sure. I mean, it's not nice. Because that little voice in your head all of a sudden starts to listen to them and doubt what you can do or am I really worthy? You know, am I what they say I am? But I love how your internal says, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to prove you wrong. Well, yeah. Then you, then you got to just, yeah. Build Done that with confidence you. And get, just say <laughs> screw them. <but. laughs> and the more you do that, the easier it becomes. Yeah. So thank you very much, Lexi. It has been an absolute pleasure and if you liked what you heard today, first off, go to Amazon and check out Lexi's book, Albert the Frog, and check out our other podcasts on you and your life with Sarah Ruffi. Enjoy your life and live it on your terms. Thank you. Thank you.